Hello, and welcome back to the Self Healer Soundboard. The past couple episodes, we've been exploring the process of creating space for ourselves in our relationships and in our world to connect with our thoughts, with our feelings, with our truth, and to validate that. And over the course of these past couple episodes, um, in our membership portal, the Self Healer Circle, I saw a comment come in from a member that was curious around the process of gifting that space to another person that we might be in a relationship with. So we thought, what better an opportunity than to dive into that topic right now? How can we create the space and the opportunity to validate someone else's reality, especially in those moments when their reality is in opposition or is very different than our reality? And as you guys may be catching on to the theme within these episodes, before we can do that and validate another's, we first have to really sit with and be able to feel our own feeling and emotion, validate our own experience, even if that judgment and criticism of the actual experience we're having still comes in that sort of ego chatter, which it likely will, allowing space for that and still also being able to objectively peel back and actually witness ourselves in an emotional response, how we actually feel, how we physically feel, the thoughts and feelings that then also come into our mind and really having a full awareness of our own weather, our own self, our own person, and holding space for that first before we can then go and do that for another. Because if we sit over here in constant criticism and make wrong of our own selves and our own experience, then we can't actually authentically or genuinely do that or gift that to another person. Absolutely. And I think there's a lot of us, Jenna, out there that you know, we don't give ourselves that opportunity to be valid as we are. And, you know, speaking from my own journey, there was a lot of time where not only could I not validate myself, I actually was the person who looked outside or who kind of in a lot of ways I um, interviewed or, or was looking for a consensus when I would have issues or problems. I would go to my loved ones or my friends and, you know, share with them the story and essentially be looking to them to see what they thought, what their assessment of the situation was. And ultimately what I was looking for was instructions, what they would do so that then I could adopt that for myself. So if we really want to simplify it, um, to speak to your, your point here, which I think is really beautiful, it is a process to go through to understand if we are that person who's always looking outside of ourselves for validation, then it's going to be really hard to give that validation to someone else because we don't even feel that security in ourselves. So really honoring the journey that many of us will need to take um, before we get to the space that we're going to explore right here today, which is giving then someone else that space and that opportunity for themselves. And to speak to your point again, we can't do that if we are always looking outside of ourselves or if we don't feel confident and secure in whatever it is for us first. It really serves us here to practice radical honesty and ruthless honesty with ourselves, especially when we're looking at a journey of healing that we don't want to be, you know, just something that poof makes tomorrow better. This is an actual journey about undoing and healing and witnessing things that have been there and literally within us now for years and decades and generations. So I think ruthless honesty is sort of the is the key token to any sort of sustainability or real 
rootedness in our healing and on these journeys. And a lot of that for me comes in in being honest when I'm witnessing myself and being really honest when I'm watching myself then go and seek validation from someone else, maybe from like-minded people who I know likely have a a biased opinion. And I'm going to them for validation because maybe it's about an argument or conflict. I already know they're going to be on my side. I already know they're going to support me and my perspective. So I'm already running to go and to seek that. And in contrast, it also really serves us to be able to peel back and witness ourselves in the moments when we're going to seek what is unconscious validation. So if we're able to take away the judgment and criticism and just witness that objectively, you can start to witness all of that feedback, all of that information about how you are and who you are and how you are responding. In terms of, I was sitting here thinking, Jenna, when you began to speak about how true it is and relating to this, um, of how often we seek and we're not even conscious of it half the time, that's similar, that confirmation, or again, that validation of sameness in those around us. And I think it's really important here to understand when we're talking about validation, not to equate valid with the same. Um, Things can be real and valid and true for someone that are very different and untrue for someone else. And I think kind of globally, a lot of us, we merge that concept together with this idea that if it's not the same, if what I'm hearing from someone else, you know, is different than what my thoughts are, what my experience of this moment was, then somehow it we invalidate it. We don't have the ability to expand and have space for different truths and reality that aren't the same, that are are that are all still valid. And I think that's a really important um, first understanding to have is that valid doesn't mean the same. And there's incredible value, as far as I'm concerned, in having or hearing multiple perspectives or multiple opinions or beliefs or just difference in our life. It doesn't mean that we have to adopt it as the same or make it the same and kind of merge it with that self. And I think sometimes that's where it gets confusing. We attach all of these identities. So when someone is in disagreement with, say, our belief about whatever it is that it might be, we feel like that self-space that you're describing very beautifully is threatened because we've merged with that aspect of our identity. And then it does feel very threatening when someone is in opposition because on some deep level, we feel like our whole self is being questioned or is being invalidated. And we often feel like it's being invalidated or questioned because we put all of our meaning and all of our worth over there in their hands attached to whatever story it is that they have. So validation doesn't mean agreeing. As you keep saying, same, I keep hearing the word agree. We often think validation equates to, okay, well, if I'm validating what you're saying, then I have to agree with what you're saying. And to validate does not mean that you need to agree. It's actually quite healthy. And I really appreciate even when we have opinions that don't agree. And when you're able to be grounded and actually hear another person's perspective without getting into that triggered emotional reactivity, which is something I think most of us are working on. I know myself on a daily basis, staying in that grounded space, grounded physically in my body. Because if I'm not practicing being grounded or rooted on a daily basis, like taking care of my health, getting sleep, getting movement, processing my emotions, then 
when I'm in these moments of conflict or a situation where I'm then challenged to either be grounded and respond in a rooted way, or I'm going to get triggered and react, then is not the time for me to to go to town doing the work. I'm likely not going to be able to access this space where I can stay grounded. I can hear out what someone has to say when their whole opinion or story that they have, I definitely don't agree with and feels very attacking. It feels in opposition. Well, then it makes a lot of sense that if I'm not grounded or rooted and doing that work behind the scenes on a daily consistent basis and really taking care of this self that is me, then I don't have access to respond as my higher self or to validate them or to hear them out. I'm going to go right back into that same habitual pattern and trigger because I feel threatened. So what this looks like, you know, very beautifully in a, in a practical manner, it's knowing ourself. It's creating the space for that connection so that in these moments, we can do a couple of different things. The first is maybe decide that now's not the moment to engage a conversation where we might hear differing thoughts, or we might be presented with a different perception of events that we too have experienced. And therefore we might become activated or triggered in defense of ourselves. So to hold space or to validate someone, what that process might look like is choosing not to have the conversation um, at a particular time or not to have the conversation until we can access that grounded space. And just speaking from my own lived experience, that's really hard to do because I'm someone who the moment I have conflict or I do feel at odds with, especially someone like you, Jenna, who I'm in such a close relationship with, I feel a sense of such a deep rooted discomfort that there is a habitual inclination to end that discomfort right now by getting Jenna to see things as I see it and, you know, kind of resolve things in that way and move forward. And the reality of it is until I'm grounded and have given myself the time to validate what the experience was for me, how I feel about it, so that then I could return to that conversation in a grounded space. So that's the process for a lot of us of creating the opportunity to validate someone else. It happens behind the scenes before we're even in front of that someone else. And the reality is we are each responsible for how we perceive someone else, how we respond to them, how we allow another person's view or opinion, anything about their experience with us. That's all feedback and information. If we're willing to practice being present and in our bodies and hearing whatever it is that someone else is saying, noticing where it inflicts or triggers a deeper wound or where we immediately want to get reactive or prove them wrong, or maybe they say something hurtful that you know, a deeper wound within us still believes, a shameful part of us still believes, and we latch onto it and we berate ourselves. If we're being ruthlessly honest with ourselves and allowing ourselves to just witness the experience, then no matter what the situation or person or conversation, we can use it all really as portals and open windows and doors to learn about ourselves, to learn about what our actual true belief and view of ourself is. If someone has an opinion about me that, you know, feels so foreign from the view I want to have of myself and it feels really hurtful, yet I allow it to impact me so much and I take it on as if it's my own, well, that could be a really clear indication for me to realize, okay, there's a part of little Jenna that still believes this, that is still wounded, that still does need my attention. And it's an opportunity for me then to get curious and really dive inward instead of 
negating that curiosity and just challenging the other person. And this is, uh, you know, of course, uh, as we often talk about a, a mind body or a holistic process, because in that moment in real time, what's likely happening behind the scenes is you are reacting from that threatened place. You did hear something that, you know, wasn't as you thought or intended or imagined yourself to, to be or to be perceived as much as. And in that moment, all of that conscious awareness goes out the window, our heart starts to race, and we're reacting from that threat-based place. So what you're talking about in real time, you know, often does look like learning how to not only notice when our body is falling into that stage of activation, but learning how to then calm it down in that moment so that we can continue to hold that space so that we can maybe hear and try on for size this other person's perspective or experience where we're almost kind of putting ourself that's becoming activated just aside for a little bit, or as you like to say, in the passenger seat, so that I then can assume Jenna's perspective of the experience that might, again, be different than what mine is. But in that expanded space, I can now begin to try to take on the world or whatever event happened from someone else's experience in that moment. And to be able to do that really requires a space of authentic listening, where we talk often about holding space. What does that mean to hold space for someone? Actually creating the space to hear what someone has to say so that they feel an emptiness afterwards. If I'm over here hearing Nicole speak to me and, you know, say Nicole's upset about something, she has a lot to share. And if what she's saying is very triggering to me, then while it may look like she's talking to me, what's actually happening is me having a conversation with myself in my mind about what she's saying to me. I'm not actually being present. If I was being present and actually hearing her and holding space for her, there wouldn't be another conversation. And if there was, I would just set that to the side and I would come back to Maybe I do actually come back to my heartbeat or come back to my breath because my physical body is present. It's moving to the tune of nature. So if I get lost in my thoughts, I will always drop back into my body and use that as a means to be present. If I'm actually being present and holding that space for Nicole, then what she's going to say, whatever she has a commitment to say, because every human, myself included, has a commitment to ourselves to share what we are going to share. We need to express what there is to express. And when we don't, we still feel all of those thoughts and emotions lingering inside of us. Usually they sit inside like a pressure cooker until we explode someday. So if you like imagined a visual with Nicole and I sitting next to each other, I always see this visually in my mind. You imagine like if Nicole speaks, you know, all of that sound, all of those sound waves, picture them as green waves coming to me, right? If I'm actually here and open and present, then as Nicole speaks and these sound waves come to me, I'm going to absorb them and they're going to disappear. She'll have been heard. That communication and expression was allowed outward. Now, if I'm over here and I'm closed off to her and I'm having a conversation in my head, and I've heard nothing that she said, she's going to feel that energy. Those sound waves are essentially going to like bounce right off of me. And imagine I'm going right right back to her, which just ignites her and her emotion even more and allows her then feeling frustrated, not heard. And me over here, likely in that same pattern of just 
judging away my response of what she was saying to me instead of being able to just hear it and realizing that I don't have to agree with it. Just because she said something to me or about me or about whatever situation doesn't mean it's true. It doesn't mean it's right or wrong. However, it is feedback to let me know that that is an expression and a feeling that she has. And if we're going to have a workable relationship or existence or experience amongst each other, then I need to understand that and hear that and be able to receive it in a workable way rather than have her push it all down and then me be reactive and have us be autopiloting next to each other, not actually communicating, not actually connecting or evolving. I love that visual. And I love that you're bringing up the concept of understanding because while of course, there's a little part of us that always, and I'll speak for myself, likes to be right, likes to hear someone say to me, you know what, Nicole, you're right. What I think emotionally we're really looking for in that moment is just having that understanding, having that space to take up space, to be a separate being that had a different thought, had a different idea or belief in that moment, had a different emotional experience, and is still valid and real, even if someone else's space looks different or feels different or is different in whatever way. That's actually what we're looking for in terms of connecting with someone. We don't want to be a homogenous or all of the same being. There is so much value in allowing our differences to be honored. So again, while we might think we only want to be right and we love to be right. What we're really looking for is to be whole and to be valid and to have those moments where someone might not have had the same reaction. Jenna and I could come off of a conversation and I might still not feel the way Jenna does because we've lived different experiences up until this point, yet I can still allow and gift Jenna with this space to, again, see the perspective and you know say, you know what, Jenna, I understand why you might be feeling the way that you are, even if my feelings aren't mirroring yours in this given moment. That's, I think, what ultimately we're looking for as humans is that resonance, that understanding even when we're separate. Most of us have probably had the distinctly different experience of ourselves when we've, one, gotten a great night's sleep versus, two, a night that we likely haven't slept at all. And in a really micro way, if you look at the person who, you know, got a great night's sleep that is grounded, maybe just really pleasant and calm and present versus Someone who hasn't slept at all maybe is stressed or rigid or extra sensitive or emotional or maybe even snippy. Walking around as the person who hasn't slept at all is essentially what it's like to be walking around as the human that isn't reparenting, that isn't nurturing, that is attempting to hear other people or learn how to validate other people when they themselves have not actually nurtured or replenished or validated themselves. Whereas the experience of you after you've gotten a good night's sleep, that's the version of you and of the person who is reparenting, who is behind the scenes, reflecting and taking care of themselves, being able to ruthlessly witness themselves and their own thoughts and challenge their own beliefs before they are going to attempt to really change or fix or challenge another. So ultimately, as most conversations, Jenna, that you and I have, you know, nothing, nothing is answered simply, you know, going into this conversation, how do I validate another person? It's not the right thing to say. It's all of this awareness and this work really that goes on behind the scenes to make sure that 
we've consistently given ourselves the space to validate our reality, whatever it may or may not be. And then we're able to hold that awareness to make the decision when and how to even engage with someone else, to know that we are doing so or to set ourselves up to the best of our ability to do so when we're in that calm space, that post good night sleep space that will increase the likelihood then that I'm able to continue to allow that space to be present as someone else is sharing their experience, because that's, again, what we're looking for when we're really talking about validation. And what that might look like then in real time is asking questions, right? Getting clarity. Jenna, can you tell me a little bit more about why that experience felt the way it did for you in that moment? What was it about the way I said what I said or or what was done? What was it? Because again, we're only knowing ourselves from our perspective. So to put ourselves or keep ourselves in that passenger seat and to be able to sit on Jenna's lap, that might mean getting curious and asking those specific questions for clarity and making sure, like you very beautifully said in the middle of this conversation, that we're listening to the answers. We're imagining that experience from now Jenna's perspective instead of just arguing it away or, or defending what we're hearing in real time. So as, as most things, as most conversations go on the soundboard, it is the process of that we're really exploring here when we talk about giving someone else the space for validation. And again, reminding ourselves that doesn't mean that we leave in agreement. We might leave that conversation just having a bit more clarity about Jenna and her experience of that moment, which still might differ from my own. It doesn't mean that I have to adopt Jenna's perspective or Jenna's experience. And in many occasions, there's incredible value, like we talked about earlier, in not doing that. In the same way, we all want to be heard. I want the person that I'm speaking with to be able to hear me and to hear me out and to hear my opinion and perspective, even if I know that there is differs. And my goal isn't even to have them then agree with me or come to my side of the fence. My goal or my hope is just that they'll actually hear me. And while I have that hope or request of Mm -hmm. others, that means that for me to receive that from others, I then have to be able to gift that to others first. I can't be expecting someone else to hear me or to listen to me when I'm not going to give someone else the time of day, or I'm going to just have someone speak to me from their heart and I'm going to be over here pretending to listen when really I'm just sitting here formulating my response the whole time and I actually have no idea what they've said. So it will also serve you to sit in an embodiment of curiosity. Have your whole being and all of your questions and all of your listening come from a space of curiosity and not challenge. Because even as Nicole was just sharing, you know, offering some questions or exploratory questions that you could ask that person to learn more, be really mindful of your presence, your physical body language, even if you're not physically in front of another, even if you're on the phone with them or over a computer with them, be mindful of yourself because you could totally be emanating this existence that you're just in defense mode, that you are challenging. So even your exploratory questions mm-hmm. of, you know, could you tell me more about that might come across in a really bitey sort of placating mm-hmm. passive aggressive way. So remember to, to just to practice embodying curiosity and not challenge. And if you do notice yourself starting to get ferocious, starting Mm -hmm. to challenge like we do as humans, 
just note that. That's also feedback. That's also a moment for you to be really proud of yourself and really lock in a reference point where you get to witness yourself being your own example and being your own proof of, well, now I have a memory of when I caught that. I noticed myself like getting really ferocious or really challenging and I wasn't grounded and peaceful anymore. Maybe you give into that. Maybe you do get challenging or very bitey back. If that happens, also just allow that and forgive that. Take responsibility for it. If you feel apologies are in order, however you want to navigate that best for you, take responsibility for it, but don't let that stop you. That's still a great point for you to reflect on being able to witness your own self and your own response and really your own growth. What you're speaking about here, Jenna, is also the kind of self-awareness around our own limits, knowing in that moment when it is time to maybe take a break from that conversation because I am becoming defensive or I am becoming activated in some way. And also understanding our limits back to something I think you said earlier, whereas we can't control someone else. So even if we are showing up in a very calm and grounded space, right? Seeking just to hold space and hear what someone else's experience might be to allow it to be valid for them. We might be on the other side of someone who was once who I was pulling, reaching, you know, grasping for that confirmation, desperately looking to us to now somehow fall into agreement. So it's also understanding the limit that we have there where we not might not be able to authentically agree with someone in any given moment. It just might not be the experience for us. Yet again, we might be feeling that unconscious pull of being across from someone who's looking for that agreement again, because they are feeling defensive of possibly some aspect of their identity that is feeling challenged. So the best thing that we can gift then that person and that relationship in that moment is again, some other version of space of putting a pin in the conversation and of course, agreeing to revisit it at a later time. So limits and boundaries are all included in this conversation about providing someone that space for validation. Because if we overstep our limits, we're going to find ourselves right back in that reactive cycle. So to break out of that cycle and to offer someone else the space, it, it begins with us as all conversations do here on the soundboard. So those of you who are listening, right, exploring those moments um, of validation when you're able to offer that to yourself and then to someone else. And if you are not yet able, understanding that the journey to be able to give that to someone else, as always, begins with you. So creating space for yourself, creating validity in your experience, even in absence of having that from the external world, and then practicing showing up and holding that space for someone else, especially in the moments where they don't agree. And you're going to hear something that might bring up uncomfortable emotions and understanding that is it is a full embodied practice. So as always, we are listening um, as you are tuning in. Um, a lot of our episodes are coming from a continued conversation that you are leaving for us um, under our YouTube channel, on our Instagram, or within the membership, the Self Healer Circle. So we are always looking, we are always listening, we are always interested um, as to how these episodes are landing, what's coming up for you, and what you would like to hear more of next. And as always, looking forward to continuing this conversation with all of you on our next episode.